In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you ever been around kids, you probably played the game, Would You Rather? Would you rather eat mud or eat a bug? Well, this morning, it's would you rather preach on divorce or preach on stewardship? You, you can't win. You just can't win. You know, no one really wants to preach on divorce. It's a tough topic. And people have understandably strong feelings. It's one of those topics when you preach on, you're kind of walking into a minefield. You know, one wrong step and then it's all over. So the temptation can be to preach on the Old Testament or on the epistle. And people who talk about preaching call this giving a nod to the gospel and then moving in a different direction. But the problem is that then there's an elephant in the room. You can try to ignore it, but it's still there. So I'm going to make a couple comments about divorce, and then I want to talk about the question in the gospel that we hear itself. I don't think anyone believes divorce is a good thing. I think most of us can agree that marriage is a good thing and that we all believe in it. And I can also promise you that no one gets married planning for things to go bad. But sometimes, though, things go bad. Differences can't be reconciled, and two people are called to go their separate ways. We're all human. And I don't need to tell you what you already know, but human life can be messy. It's just how we're made. If we think for a minute about the question itself that we hear Jesus being asked this morning, the Pharisees came to Jesus to test him. They ask him a loaded question that's meant to get Jesus in trouble. They asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Now, so that we're reminded of the context of what's happening, Jesus had just gone to Judea and beyond the Jordan. This is most likely right in the middle of the region where Herod reigns. As you recall, Herod had divorced his wife to marry Herodias, the wife of Herod's brother. John the Baptist had criticized this marriage and ultimately Herod had him beheaded. We remember that story. The Pharisees were hoping that if they can get Jesus to condemn divorce, then he might see a similar end. And the Pharisees had already conspired once with the Herodians to destroy Jesus earlier in Mark's gospel. And this is their attempt again at doing that. As it turns out, there were two schools of thought on the question of divorce when Jesus was around. The Pharisees asked this question to trap Jesus between the two major competing opinions. One school said that a man could divorce his wife only for adultery, but the other said that a man could divorce his wife for nearly any reason. So you see, whichever side Jesus took, 
He was bound to alienate the other side. And the Pharisees figured that if they could peel away half of Jesus' followers today, maybe another half tomorrow, pretty soon there would be nobody left. So if the Pharisees couldn't just get Jesus executed, they were going to get him to run off all those who were following him. But Jesus didn't take their bait. Instead, he uses a famous teacher trick. He asks another question. Instead of saying, here is the rule, he points them to scripture. What did Moses command you? He answers the question with a question of his own. The Pharisees answered, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. Well, that's a simple answer to a question that actually has a very complex answer. Old Testament law did allow men to divorce their wives, although it isn't clear exactly how that really all worked out. As I say, it's complicated. There were schools of thought associated with famous rabbis which filled in those details, but the problem was they didn't all agree. So the Pharisees, not giving up, come back with more questions intending to trap Jesus and to get him in trouble no matter what he says. They later ask him about paying taxes. They ask him about marriage and the afterlife. These are all trick questions designed to get Jesus to say something that they could then pounce on. In the end, the Pharisees realized their trick didn't work and Jesus was too smart for them and they go off to plot some more. But then Jesus says some pretty harsh things about divorce in private to his disciples. So is Jesus condemning anyone who divorces and remarries? It might sound that way. But if you remember, Jesus also makes equally harsh statements about anger and oaths and retaliation and how to relate to our enemies. For example, he said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. Well, Jesus, that seems a little bit harsh, doesn't it? I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that Anybody who has a brother or a sister at some point has been angry with them. Not even going to talk about our Christian brothers and sisters. So when I read Jesus' words about anger or divorce, I have to ask myself, what was he really trying to do? Was he trying to save people or push them away? Was he trying to bring us hope or explain to us why we are hopeless? Rather than establishing hopelessly high standards, I believe Jesus is calling us to a purposely higher 
calling. He wants us to conduct ourselves in keeping with God's will so that we could then be a blessing to our families, our neighbors, and even to ourselves. However, when we fail to keep his perfect standards perfectly, our failures then remind us that our only hope is actually in Jesus and the cross. Our hope is then in Jesus and the empty tomb. A little later in the same chapter, a rich man comes to Jesus asking what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. He's a good man, but Jesus tells him to sell everything, give his money to the poor, and only then to come and follow him. That man went away sad because he had lots of money and he wasn't about to give it away. When that man had gone, Jesus said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples asked him, then who can be saved? Listen carefully to Jesus' answer. He says, for mortals, it's impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. So when I read about what Jesus had to say about anger, divorce, oaths, retaliations, and enemies, I ask, who can be saved? But then I hear Jesus' answer. For us, it's impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Thank God for the grace of God.